One of the most contested aspects of the Christian faith is the belief in the Trinity. Do Christians believe in one God, or three, or, or something else? Jews and Muslims regard this doctrine as blasphemy. Atheists say it's nonsensical. Other critics suggest that the concept of the Trinity was invented long after New Testament times. Who's right? And why is it important to get it right? Buckle up your thinking cap. We're going in. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Well, it's great to have you with us on Signs of the Times Radio for this week. I am in the studio with Dr. Darius Yankovic, and he's a little nervous, but... (laughs) But I, I got to tell you, Darius, I'm a little nervous too because normally what happens is that, uh, and someone writes an article in Science Magazine for us, mm-hmm. and then I invite them in here and I pepper them with extra questions to go in depth. But this time it's happened a little differently because right. I'll be peppering you with questions, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because I, I've written an article in Science in the Science of the yes. Times magazine <laughs> about the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity, which is quite complex. I'm not a theologian. But you are. So in some senses, I guess you're in here to sort of audit my article and to straighten me out. And uh, <laughs> so you, you are pretty good. You, <laughs> you really shouldn't be nervous. I, I should be nervous. <laughs> but, but before we get going any further, let's just get to know you a little bit. So Darius Jankiewicz, that's, mm. that's a name with Polish ancestry. Are, are Polish, you from yes. Poland? I was born and bred in Poland until I was 21. Then I came to Australia in 1986. And that's when I learned to speak English, so that's why I still have an accent. <laughs> okay, no, it's it's great, it's quite quite clear. I, I have no trouble making you. Thank out. you. I think Polish is a great language, though. Uh, it's one of the most difficult languages. It, it too. is. <laughs> I, I I can say a Polish tongue twister. Was it Change brzmi w Czechinie? That's the proper way. Oh dear, Polish is fine. It's all consonants and uh, not not enough vowels sometimes. Oh, we have enough vowels. <laughs> enough to get by. Now, professionally, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you you are a theologian. Well, first of all, I'm a pastor. Okay. I pastored a local church for a number of years, mm-hmm. and then I went to school and became, although everyone is a theologian, so to speak, some are trained and some are not trained, that's the only difference. Right. But all people are theologians, whether they believe in God or not, or whatever a religious background they have we are all theo- we're created to be theologians mm-hmm. well, what what is a theologian <clears throat> like technically what what's the definition of well, a theologian well uh, it the word comes from two greek words theos and logos theos is god and logos is word so it is word about god mm-hmm. understanding who god is mm. So basically, this is the original of the word. Okay. So, and I guess all of us, uh, as you say, we're all we involved in who is God? What does God yeah. mean? Um, and when you reject God, mm. you are also a theologian. But you have a specific theology that God does not exist, or God is that, or this, or God is that. Mm-hmm. So all of us, even children, are theologians mm. or philosophers. Yes. Theology is a branch of philosophy. I've, I've heard the question asked, yeah, what, so what sort of God don't you believe in? That's it. That's a good question. Actually, it requires a theological I, answer. I sometimes I meet people and they will tell me about the God they don't believe in, and I can agree. I don't believe in that God at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <clears throat> 
Okay, well, look, as you do point out, the Trinity, the, the teaching or, or the doctrine of the, Trini- of the Trinity is probably one of the most complex and, and difficult, and it's caused all sorts of, you know, ructions and debates and conflicts for, for centuries and, and centuries settled down a little bit now. Not really. No? Okay. No, the Trinity was, is, and will be a topic of discussions. Uh, Christians have been discussing this issue from earliest beginnings mm. when they pondered over the biblical text and trying to make sense out of biblical text uh, they kind of uh, try to wrestle with the evidence mm. the Bible gives us seemingly contradictory evidence they wrestled with the evidence and try to solve the problem how I, we can talk about this a little bit more mm. in a moment so <clears throat> the doctrine of Trinity has been throughout the Christian centuries the uh, most foundational, I should say, most attacked mm. and most discussed doctrine to this day. Wow. And Christians are still discussing this. In the 20th century, the doctrine of Trinity received a resurgence, so to speak, through mm-hmm. the writings of famous Christian theologian Karl Barth and others. He just brought this rejuvenation and more discussion on the issue wow. of Trinity. And we have been discussing in Christian world all the time. Wow. So the Eastern Orthodox churches have a different view of the Trinity to uh, like Catholics and Protestants? and then uh, Pretty much similar. That's similar? There are differences. Uh, I don't want to go into deep theological language here, but there are slight differences between Latin and Eastern Christianity. Latin is, of course, Roman Catholicism, mm-hmm. Eastern Christianity. They basically, they believe the same thing. They structure things differently within uh, the Trinity. Uh, but, uh, but generally speaking, it's very similar. And then we have like uh, Latter-day Saints and Jehovah's Witnesses who have a very different view. They reject the they Trinity. They reject the Trinity, although... There are different Trinitarian views within those who embrace Trinity. There are also different structuring of wow, the Trinity. Wow. It's a very complex issue. So it really isn't a settled issue, is it? It's, I mean, not. it's not. First of all, probably we should discuss the thing that the word Trinity does not appear in the scriptures. It's a yes. theological construct. Okay. It comes from Latin Trinitas, and the first person to ever use this word was Tertullian at the end of the second century, the Christian apologist. Mm-hmm. He used that word introduced in the vocabulary, and ever since we are stuck with Trinity, I don't necessarily like it, mm-hmm. like the word. I would prefer the word Godhead. Mm-hmm. Probably more biblical, in my opinion, but we stuck with the Trinity, so to speak. <laughs> okay, so from a lay person's point of view, correct me if I get this wrong. When we talk about Trinity, we're talking about how the God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can call each of them God accurately. No, no, we can't. We can't say Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. We can say no, that God the but Father is God. God is beyond kind of like a overlapping, not overlapping, it's a wrong word, but the category above. Mm-hmm. Okay. God in three persons, that's basically what uh, the traditional formula mm. is. It's totally imprecise, but it's traditional formula. When you think about God, you can think about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, or mm-hmm. God the Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are God. They are God. And But you can't say that, for example, Jesus is part of God. Jesus is not a third no, of God. No, not at Jesus all. Jesus is God. Uh, the fully scripture God, tells fully us man. that in him there was fullness of divinity. Right. 
and here's the here's the issue. We probably should should start with this uh, on this whole discussion. That uh, first of all, this whole idea of Trinity arose from the biblical evidence. Mm-hmm. We as Christians embrace uh, Scripture as a revelation of God, as authoritative document for us Christians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we, theology is trying to make sense out of what the Scripture says. Because Scripture is not a theological book. Scripture is stories, scriptures are proclamations, pronouncements, and, and so on, and teachings, mm-hmm. but this is not kind of like systematic uh, theology, mm. okay? Some of Paul's and letters get pretty theological, don't they? They are theological, mm. but they do not offer us really systematic theology, right. which is kind of like, you see, Work, our... Working mm, through in a comprehensive sort of way, our, it's not there. That's right. Our brain has been designed, I believe, by God to systematize things in life. You mm. have to make sense out of mm. life, and this is your worldview, yeah. okay? You have to make sense to function in society. If you're leaving, your function does not make sense, then, then, then that could result in tragedy. So you have to make sense out of, out of the evidence in a society mm-hmm. and you live accordingly. Same with Christianity. You've got this foundational document and that provides us with certain information and we as Christians have been trying to make sense out of this ever since it was produced. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... So Sometimes you find in scripture things that seem contradictory. Mm. And this is the biggest issue as far as Trinity is concerned. Mm. When you look at the Old Testament, you've got this statement reverberating throughout the Old Testament, God is one. Mm. Mm. And Judaism, of course, is one of those uh, great monotheistic religions. Mm. They only have one God. Yeah. And, uh, and in fact, uh, I think as I pointed out in the, in the article, uh, an observant Jew will to this day repeat on a daily basis, sure. the Shema, you know, yes. here, o Deuteronomy Israel, six four. That's right. The Lord, our God, is one. Is one. Yeah. Okay. And they firmly believe that God is one, and there cannot be any other God. You you read through the book of Isaiah and other books, prophetic books, and you will find out that all of them believe God is one. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Jewish religion was developed within a polytheistic. Mm. environment mm. and it was anomaly for God to be one and Jewish people defended this oneness of God throughout their history mm. this was the and point of difference between them and the other it was sort of it tribes was a huge them. huge issue mm. uh, to the point that uh, when Rome invaded Palestine they kind of decided to leave Jews alone because they were so militaristic about their view of mm. oneness of God that at the, any mention that there are other gods, there would be revolution. Yeah, yeah. And they just could not handle it. So, so even Rome would not touch the the Jewish religion. The they the. the they let them believe the way yeah, they, they, they did. Sort of special permission, uh, yeah. In, in other parts of the world, they just introduced their religion, not in Palestine, because of the oneness. God yeah. is one, okay? So Jews were very feisty about this thing. So this is the Old Testament, you see? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes in the New Testament, and he messes everything up. Yeah. You know, he does things that are very strange, or says things that are very strange. He says, mm-hmm. I'm one. With the Father, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm. And when he talks about the Father, he's meaning that one God. That's right. Yeah. He's the, he's proclaimed as a Savior, and in Old Testament, only God is the Savior. Mm-hmm. Okay, and throughout the New Testament, we've got this this different sound that he is one God in Old Testament. In New Testament, 
Jesus is God and he's talking about his father in heaven and he's talking about him as God mm. and then he's talking about the Holy Spirit who is another counselor, another comforter and and you've got this kind of like, okay, so but one God, three gods mm. and, and when Jesus begins to speak and opens up himself on those issues, the Jewish people get really, really upset. Mm. And, but nevertheless, Christians continue to claim that they believed in one God. I think it's in, Correct. in, in the book of James, like James Correct. writes in the New Testament there, That's right. you say there is one God. Good. Yes. He says he, he upholds that. That's, exactly. That's correct. And Jesus upholds that too. Mm. Okay, that there is one God. And we see the theme through the New Testament too. There's mm. one God. So so who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who, who is the Father? We've got all three mm. in the New Testament. How are you going to work it out. So, after the New Testament was composed, obviously it was not a big issue for uh, for Paul, for John and others. By the way, uh, there are four Gospels. Mm-hmm. Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Mark, Gospel of Luke, and Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. And it is Gospel of John that is really, it's a Gospel that was written by John at the, it's, we could say that this is the youngest book of the New Testament. Mm. Okay? In, in what sense? In what sense it was written it was written the closer latest. to our time. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, about ninety-five AD. I yeah, would say yeah. I don't have exact and, dates and, for it. And I've heard it. And so I've heard it claimed that that last gospel, the Gospel of John, has a much stronger or clearer picture of Jesus as God. That's it. That's that's where I'm going. Gospels. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm going. It was written at the later time, so John is quite aware of the problems within Christianity mm-hmm. with this issue of one God or three gods or, or whatever. The heresies are rising up. Mm. Various heresies throughout centuries. I mean, there was mm. heresy upon heresy through the first almost to fourth centuries until 325 Mm -hmm. so a a heresy just to clarify is is a false it's a false teaching about Mm -hmm. Christ and Mm -hmm. and they did we could talk a lot about different heresies and Mm -hmm. how they they were not able to put together this this incongruency of one God and three persons okay Mm -hmm. until 325 when there was Council of Nicaea where Bishop were gathered together from known world and they basically decided on this issue how we're going to view it and sadly unfortunately they incorporated Greek philosophical categories uh-huh. they used the word person and and so on and and the, the word person had specific connotations from theater Greek theater and so on and they used Greek philosophical language and contemporary language trying to explain the Trinity in the process they they kind of muddle up the waters too mm. a bit. Well, what, what about the church? Because you're talking about the church that was sort of, I guess, moving further west in some ways from the, uh, like from Palestine. You're talking about the church in what places like Istanbul and yeah, and further and, and west. The, correct. What, what, what about the church that stayed there in the province of Syria around Jerusalem, around Judea? We don't have much information about that church really Mm -hmm. we know that the letters were written the new testament letters were written to jewish jewish people in diaspora to gentiles and so on so we don't have information much what happened in jerusalem Mm -hmm. Uh, the information we have from the gospels and from the letters of paul that were written to variety of peoples Mm -hmm. around the empire at the time 
So I'm not sure I can answer that question. Okay, all right. I guess I was asking because I was just wondering if perhaps there there were Christians who were perhaps less influenced by that Greco-Roman philosophy and perhaps managed well, to, I, managed I to keep a belief that was closer to the New Testament. You see, I think that Paul was able to do this, mm-hmm. and the writers of the New Testament. That this is a very interesting th- question, actually, that you ask. Uh, Jewish mentality was able to hold paradoxes. Mm-hmm. You can hold a paradox and you can live with it. Such as one God in three persons. Well, they didn't think about those categories. The Jewish people didn't think about this particular issue. It is a later issue in the history. But Jewish people were quite comfortable with, and I cannot think about example at this moment, but uh, but, about keeping paradoxes in tension. Mm -hmm. Jewish thinking was kind of a little bit different than Greek thinking. Greek thinking is more linear and logical Mm -hmm. and everything has to make sense. Mm -hmm. For Jewish people, things didn't have to necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. They just, okay, this this doesn't make sense, but that's okay. We can pull it together and believe the two things in a contradiction. Yeah. Notice that in our society, we follow the Greek line of thinking. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are coming from this Greek kind of philosophical heritage, yeah, rich heritage, yeah. that we all think logically, reasonably. Right. Which, we, which is why perhaps sometimes we freak out. Like we, we read the, very, the creation account in Genesis, yeah. for example, and if we read carefully, we notice there are actually two creation yes. accounts one after the other and they don't actually line up that's correct logically exactly that's with, with one another logic was inventions of Greek invention of Greek mm-hmm. mindset you know and we kind of follow up in in this kind of mindset in our culture and this is exactly the problem mm-hmm. when Greek culture began to influence Christianity, people just couldn't make sense of this Trinity thing. How can mm-hmm. one be three? Mm-hmm. You know, I really loved what you did in your article. I never thought about this. The zero plus zero plus zero also equals zero. So this is different kind of thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I think so even better was infinity, 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 plus infinity, infinity, plus infinity. That's right. Still equals infinity. Still infinity. So yeah. uh, here are Christians who are struggling with this, trying to explain mm. the Trinity. For us, for Paul, who was Jewish, he was Jewish trained theologian. Mm. For him, it was just not an issue. He could proclaim Jesus God and Father God and the Holy Spirit as God, and it's just not an issue. Well, it must have been an issue to start off with, because of course he was Saul. He was a, a he was a, <laughs> he he was, was a religious yes. extremist, and I imagine the monotheism would have been a big thing for him. Correct, but he was also a Jew. Yeah. When he had conversion experience on the road to Damascus, when he realized who Christ really was, mm. whom he was persecuting, he there was this magnanimous, great paradigm shift in his mind. Mm. And he was able to accept God as Christ and mm. not even shy from proclaiming mm. Christ as God. And and he was able to keep that paradox together. It's, it's amazing, really, because he was, I mean, he was a Pharisee. He was educated, what does he call himself, a Pharisee, the Pharisee, a, you know, a, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. So in the Jewish sense, he's really educated. And then we see him also in, in Athens, you know, in, in the book of Acts. He's there talking to the philosophers and he's quoting their poets. And he, so he's clearly educated. I mean, he's from a Roman city. He's educated in the Greco-Roman way of thinking too. And you see it occasionally where yes. he uses phrases like, you know, we see as through a, a glass darkly. You know, we yes. have these hints of, you know, sort of Plato, you know, coming through. I know. There. So yes. here's, here's a guy who is very well educated and yet accepts Jesus but, as fully God. But you have to understand that when, if you would have experienced like he did on the road of Damascus where, where he was struck by, so to speak, by lightning and he lost sight mm-hmm. and, and he hears the voice that I am the one whom you persecute. Mm-hmm. 
uh, this is this is a traumatic experience and mm. he can't see for a while until he's healed and then takes a number of years he didn't just became totally converted mm. right away okay he had to re- relearn everything and put mm. all of his education within a different context and that's exactly what happened it took a number of years before he was able to really mm. join the apostles and join the uh, wow. Christian movement as such. It's it's interesting. So so what do we read in the New Testament that would help us to formulate an understanding of, of the Trinity, even though, as you say, the word does not appear there? So what, uh, what does Paul say? What, what do other people say? Just a little bit of a highlight to it Well, when you read Gospel of John, for example, mm-hmm. okay, this is the, we just started talking about it, we didn't finish our discussion. The Gospel of John, in my opinion, when I read the Gospel of John, was re- written specifically to affirm that Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you find his divinity from the beginning. In the beginning, there was the Word. The Word. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Logos. Word with God and the, and word, the word was, was God. God. Yeah. Uh, the translation does not actually give us the, the beauty of what actually happens in Greek language in this mm-hmm. first verse of Gospel of John. There's uh, structurally, speaking about Greek grammar, mm. uh, Koine Greek grammar, the, the common Greek that, that this, this was written in, it's amazing, it's poetic. It mm. is, it is like you, you cannot get away uh, unless like uh, some Jehovah's Witnesses try to insert a or there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you really look at the grammar of John chapter one, verse one, mm. it is beautiful. Mm. It is Totally beautiful, and you can see the purpose in the grammar to explain to the world that the logos came in the person of Christ, mm-hmm. and the He was God. Flesh. The way became that's right. He was God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and throughout the whole thing, you've got this course. Jesus' discourse is trying to explain to people mm. that He is God. He uses this word like you explained in your article. I am who I am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I am before. Abraham before Abraham was that's right before Abraham was I am and so on he uses the language that is frightening to the people who are listening Mm. okay to him because it's totally foreign because he proclaimed he made himself equal to God Mm. they said they wanted to stone him because he made himself equal to God you know and then Jesus forgives and only God could forgive Jesus is the savior and only God was the savior Mm -hmm. and then at the end, you have Thomas's proclamation that my Lord, Lord and, my and my God, God. Yeah, you know, yeah. and from the beginning to the end, this book is written to proclaim that Jesus is God. Mm. And John, John, John says that, doesn't he? Right. right towards the end. Yeah. But at the same time, in the book of John, you've got God the Father mm-hmm. and you've got the Holy Spirit. Mm. There's introduction, powerful introduction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, when Jesus yeah. says, when I depart, I'll bring another. The, the Greek word is allos. Is, it, it basically tells us of the same kind Mm-hmm. Okay, but another. So you've got this already this Trinitarian concept mm. of the same kind, but another. So you've got three: God the Father, the Jesus, who proclaims Himself to be God. And just think about it: mm-hmm. He either was telling us the truth, or He was a madman. Mm-hmm. You could say that that's C.S. Lewis kind yeah, of <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going right. back to mere Christianity. Yeah, and, and, uh, and if Jesus is a madman, you can't really accept Him as a good moral right. teacher, can you? And this is the problem with mm. branches of liberal theology. He would accept him. He's a wonderful teacher, but he was not God. You know, mm, he was. Mm. I mean, yeah, no he, virgin birth, no resurrection. That's, yeah. But that's crazy. When you listen to him, 
wow, you know, that's very strange. Yeah, if, if, if he's not actually God. If he's not it's actually God. Yeah, that's right. right. So this is, this is the gospel, okay, the mm. gospel of John. But then you see in Paul's writing, and New Testament consists of lots of writings by Paul, you will find that he over and over and over, he mentions three sometimes. That there are listings of three people in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Holy Spirit. Mm. And and he just is able to live with that. As a Jew, as you said, mm. he's okay with this. He never tells us this is like weird stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just accept it. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. You know, <laughs> and later Christians, especially those coming f- from Greek mentality mm. they kind of were able, not able to deal with this so they're trying mm. to come up with all kinds of solutions you know uh, almost every heresy early Christian heresy dealt with the issue who is Christ wow and, and I think we even see some of this hinted at in the New Testament don't we, we yeah, have, yeah. Like in the, you mentioned the Gospel of John mm-hmm. but he also wrote three letters later on mm-hmm. and he's sort of having a go That's at people right. who you know he says well, if you don't believe that Jesus mm-hmm. came in the flesh you know you're you know That's right. you're, you're not a real Christian yeah, because there was there there were those heresies that, we, that Jesus only came in spirit and so on. Yeah. So, so that was one yes, heresy. Yes. Then there was the idea. What was that? Is it Arianism? The idea oh, that Jesus was, was, there was created. There were by all God? kinds of heresies before yeah. Arianism. I mean, you have heresies that okay. So we have to deal with this Trinity issue. So, so how we deal with how we do this oneness and threeness and people kind of erred on both sides. Mm-hmm. Some people would err on the side of oneness and this mm-hmm. is the heresy that would say there's only one God mm-hmm. but he has three faces. Mm-hmm. It was known as Sabellianism or, or modalism mm-hmm. that at different times God is the God the Father or mm-hmm. God is Jesus. So when God came to this earth as Jesus Christ there was nobody left in heaven oh, wow. or the other times he's the Holy Spirit so it's only one you see they're trying to solve the problem of oneness mm-hmm. and and so this is the one of the heresies of course it's totally unbiblical because I mean think about the baptism of Jesus you've got God the Father who is speaking the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus mm, as a dove as yeah. a dove and Jesus in the water yeah. so so that doesn't make sense but there are still Christian groups today who actually embrace this mm-hmm. some Pentecostal groups who believe there's only one God Wow. And so on. So this kind of heresy, another heresy would go into there are three gods, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not what Christianity teaches, teaches because three gods is polytheism, and that's the problem. Mm. If we have three gods, we've got polytheism. So we kind of stuck with uh, this issue. No, okay, we've got one god who manifests himself in three persons, mm. but it is one. He is one God, or wow. he. Or it is, I don't want to use the. Well, the, 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 Bible, it, u- but, the yeah. Bible usually uses the word he, doesn't he? Yeah, it, that's correct. Even though it does say that male and female are both created in God's mm-hmm. image, so it's, it's not that God is more male than female. Correct. And, and, and we've got representation of God as a female in like a hen, for example, yeah, in, yeah. in the scriptures <laughs> too. So, Well, look, we, we're having a great time here, but I can see we're actually running out of time. I, really? I, I, Already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to ask you a couple more questions quickly. In the article, I looked at a couple of metaphors to sort of try to wrap our heads around the idea of of the Trinity. Are you aware of any helpful metaphors that help us make sense of the threeness and and the oneness that will sort of help us get our our brains around it? One that I liked actually was coming from the Ireland. You you talked about the Three leaf. Oh, Pat- Patrick of Ireland. That's yes. right. The three. How the shamrock. Shamrock. That's right. <laughs> you know, we have yeah. to recognize the one thing. Leaf. Mm. We have to recognize this: uh, that 
we will never be able to explain the Trinity yeah, yeah. in human language. Yes. We don't have the tools to explain it. Mm. As a Christian, I accept it by faith. Right. But uh, I cannot explain it properly. Mm. But it is very important doctrine. If you depart from this doctrine, then, then Christianity loses its sense. Okay, loses mm. the depthness that it could have. Mm. And uh, I know you asked me about the metaphors, mm -hmm. but for me it's far more important that uh, the central Christian teaching is that God came to this earth, mm -hmm. became human being, and he died for us mm -hmm. so that we can live. Yeah. Okay, and it is God himself who did this. If Christ mm. was not fully God, that does, begins to make no sense mm. and, at and, all. And I guess see, if if we see the Trinity as three gods, then we have yeah gods, one sending then we another have God sending another in. And why didn't he come himself? Mm. You see, that's the problem. He's sending, but he's not willing to do this himself. Mm -hmm. the, the, God, the 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 idea of the Trinity or Godhead teaches us that it is God Himself mm. who came down to mm. this earth. He lived on earth, who lived on earth, died on a cross. who suffered, yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. So we can argue about metaphors, mm -hmm. and we can try to explain the Trinity and so on, but yeah. the the foundational teaching that uh, I would like to leave our listeners with this is God himself who dies for us. Yeah, wow, that, that, that is powerful. It is totally powerful, is. and that's why I am a Christian. Yeah. And I can honestly say that I am a Christian because of that teaching that it is God mm. who came. And that's why I don't believe Christianity can move away from the doctrine of Trinity or doctrine of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't necessarily like the word the Trinity, but the Godhead, that's one God. Mm -hmm. and, the, and there's three within the one Godhead. Mm -hmm. and, and they all sacrifice themselves for us. Okay. You know, this is this is the essence of Christianity. Wow, uh, that's really powerful. Thank you so much, uh, Darius, for lending uh, us your brain for this week on Science Radio. It, it sounds it's like great there's, there's so much more to explore, oh, but tons. <laughs> really, we just scratched the surface here. <laughs> that's right. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 